0: I want you to take your Bible. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, you don't have an iPad, you don't have an iPhone, you don't have anything, that's okay. The Scriptures are on the screen, and you can follow with us. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 reads like this. And when they heard the king, they departed, and, lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. Now, folks, I've often said we owe a debt of gratitude to Mary. No doubt she was a special lady that God being omniscient chose her I think at the time Christ was born, there were 250 million people on the earth. But for some reason, he chose her. She was certainly special. But I want you to know something. When the wise men came, they didn't worship her. They worshiped him. They worshiped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream, does God speak to us in dreams? Certainly he does. And being warned of God in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Folks, I want to take a few moments, and I want to talk to you about when you don't get what you want for Christmas. Christmas. When you don't get what you want for Christmas, you know, I'm convinced every family, your family, my family, all families, probably have some Christmas traditions. There are some things that you do every year at Christmas. And every year at Christmas, one of the things, probably about a month before Christmas, that Barbara and I start doing is we start watching Christmas movies. We start watching Christmas movies, hopefully to get us in the spirit of Christmas and one of those movies that we watch every year is a movie entitled, This is probably a lady's story, but it's one special night. It's one special night. James Garner and Julie Andrews is in this story, and James Garner's a great, great, was a great, great actor. Another movie we watch is The Homecoming. It's a, literally the program that launched the series The Waltons. And every year we watch The Homecoming. Another one we watch is A Hobo's Christmas. I love the story of A Hobo's Christmas. And then another one that we watch is Andy Griffith's Christmas Story. Folks, why can't? Why can't we have programs like that anymore? Amen? Why can't we? A buddy of mine the other day was complaining about the sex, violence, and nudity on his DVD player. I mean... Why can't we have programs like Andy Griffith? But it's a wonderful story about grouchy old Ben Weaver. If you you haven't seen it, be sure and get it. We always try to watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. And then we watch A Christmas Story. (laughs) It's the story about Ralphie Parker. You know Ralphie, he's nine years old. All Raffy wants for Christmas is a Red Ryder BB gun. But all Raffy gets is discouragement, amen? I mean, his teacher says, uh, no, no, you can't have it. His mother says, you can't have it. Even Santa says, you can't have it because if you get it, you'll shoot your eye out. Christmas Day comes and all the presents are opened and you know the story. Rafi is so discouraged. He doesn't get the gun. And then the father says, But Rafi, there's one more present. Rafi, there's one more present over in the corner. And Rafi goes over in the corner and he gets his Red Rider BB gun. And literally, as the program goes off, it's in the bed with Rafi. And there's a voiceover that says, It's Ralphie's voice. He says it's the best present I've ever received or ever will receive. And it's wonderful because Ralphie got the Red Rider BB gun. Let me tell you something folks about life. Sometimes you don't get the Red Rider BB gun. Sometimes Christmas don't turn out like we plan for it to. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we don't get what we want for Christmas. Now, you know, I am convinced if there's some people in the Bible that can relate, it'd be the wise men. Because, see, sometimes at Christmas, life is difficult. Do you realize, folks, 45% 45% of Americans said they actually dread Christmas. And 57% of those who struggle with depression said that Christmas makes the depression worse. Because sometimes life doesn't turn out, doesn't turn out like we planned. Sometimes it don't turn out like we planned because We weren't planning for the job loss. We weren't planning for the divorce. We weren't planning for the sickness. We weren't planning for the bankruptcy. We weren't planning for the child to be involved in what the child's involved in. Sometimes Christmas comes and we don't get what we want for Christmas. And if there's somebody that can understand I believe it's the wise men by the way they were wise and if there's somebody that can understand it's those men you say pastor why could they understand well let me give you something to think about folks those men were probably from modern day Iraq they saw a star in the east these men were wealthy men they were wise men They were well born men, probably descendants of Daniel. They saw a star in the east. They traveled 1,500 miles. They crossed the Euphrates River. They crossed the desert. But I want you to know something they were looking for a king, they weren't looking for a stable, they were looking for Buckingham Palace. They were looking for a monarch. You said, Pastor, you don't know that. Oh, yes, I do. Because they stopped at Herod's temple. They were looking for the king in the temple. They wasn't looking for a stable. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes at Christmas you don't get what you want. And what do you do? What do you do? when you don't get what you want for Christmas. Well, those wise men teach us four things that you do when you don't get what you want for Christmas. The first thing is this. You realize you may have experienced great loss, but God hasn't left you. You realize you may experience great loss, But God hasn't left you. See, there are going to be times when you're in the stable that it's not going to smell like Chanel number five, it's going to smell like manure number six. There are going to be times that you're in the stable. But here's what I want you to understand. God is with you in the stable. God is with you when you've experienced great loss. When you've experienced great loss, God has not left you. You say, Pastor, why do you say that? Because we don't live our lives based on explanations. We live our lives based on the promises of God. And God said in Hebrews 13 and 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Everybody may leave you, but I will not leave you. Because when you're in the stable, I'm in the stable with you. I love what the great apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16. He's speaking in verse 16 about his first imprisonment at Rome. And look what he said. He said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. What was he saying, Pastor? He said, when I was a prisoner at Rome, at my first hearing, nobody stood with me. The impact he had made in Rome, but nobody stood with me. You said, Brother Benny, I'm the man. Let me tell you something. You can be a peacock one day and a feather duster the next. You say, oh, they they, they think I'm wonderful. Listen to me very closely, folks. Let me tell you something. If you live for the applause, you'll be destroyed by the criticism. If you live for the applause, you'll be destroyed by the criticism. People are fickle as the day is long. Paul said, at my first hearing, nobody stood with me, but all men forsook me. Now, this is the great apostle Paul. But he said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. The Lord stood with me. Let me tell you something, folks. When you've experienced great loss in your life, I'm saddened by that, but don't you ever equate that with the Lord's left you. I found him blooming where heartaches abundantly rain. Who would have dreamed so much joy and so much pain? It's good on the mountains, but they come and they go, but down in the valley there's always a rose. I I was reading about how the Cherokee Indians initiate young boys into manhood. When they get about 13 years of age, they take that little boy out in the woods because, see, they want him to become a man. Let me tell you something, moms and dads, this is not the message, but train up young boys to be men. Train them up to be men. Train them up. Now, this is not scriptural. This is just Benny Tate. Put up some of those video games and get them outside. Yeah, put up, put up some of those videos. Train them up to be men. Train them up to be men. Give them chores. Teach them to work. Teach them to work. I'm 52 years old. The harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> Teach them to work. Make them work. My daughter reached 16 years of age. I marched her down Chick Fil A got her a job. She worked there three and a half years till she went off to college. Wanted to quit 20 times. Would you ever let her? No, no, no. You're not doing them a favor. That's not the message. But you're not doing them a favor by just handing them everything. No, no, no. You're not doing them a favor. You're not doing them a favor. You're not loving them more. You're loving them less. You're loving them less. Got to get back to the message. Somebody said, Brother Benny, when you're preaching, do you, ever, do you ever forget where you're at? Do you ever forget what you're going to say? All the time. You said, well, what do you do when you forget? I just talk till I remember. <laughs> they take that 13-year-old boy. They put him out in the woods. They blindfold that boy. He's sitting on a stump. He's hearing all those strange noises. He's terrified. I mean, he's terrified. And they tell him when the sun comes up, you can remove the blindfold. When you feel that sun on your face, you can remove the blindfold. The sun starts coming up. That old boy's scared to death. He rips that blindfold off. And sitting right in front of him is his old dad. His old dad sat there all night long watching over him, making sure he's safe. Folks, that's what the Lord does. Even when we can't see him, even when it seems everything's dark, he's right there with us. Let me tell you something. When you you don't get what you want for Christmas, realize you may have experienced great loss, but God hasn't left you. Now let me tell you something else. When you've experienced great loss for Christmas, At Christmas time, don't stop giving your best. Don't stop giving your best. Now, here's what I would have thought. If I'd been those wise men, here's what I would have said. Now, I'm looking for a king, but this is a little baby. His daddy's a carpenter. Why, his mama's a peasant. I'm not giving him the gold. I'm not giving him the frankincense. I'm not giving him the myrrh. Let me tell you something, folks. Sometimes when we're going through a difficult time and we don't get what we want at Christmas, we have a tendency and a propensity to hold back. We have a tendency to not give our best. This blows my mind. Sometimes I'll say to people, I've been missing you at church, and they'll say, we've had problems. Friend, That's when you need the Lord. That's when you need church the most. When people, I just want to slap them in Jesus' name. (laughs) Let me tell you, when you're, when you're, you say, Brother Benny, I'm having problems in my relationship. And I'm I'm not, you know, he's not trying. I'm not going to try. She's not trying. What, what do you do, Brother Benny? You, you give your best. So, but way, Pastor Benny, you don't know this woman I live with. I married her and I thought she was Wonder Woman. But now I, I wonder if she's a woman. And that woman says, oh, Pastor Benny, I married him. And boy, let me tell you something. Oh, I I thought he was a a hunk. But now he just sits on the couch and he's become a chunk. (laughs) You know what I know? You can't change him. You can't. The only person you can change is you. The only person you can do is change you. You concentrate on you. See, there's a tendency when we're going through a tough time, I'm not gonna try. There's a tendency when ministry's not going well, I, I, I'm not gonna give my best. But, ladies and gentlemen, when you don't get what you want for Christmas, realize God hasn't left you. When you don't get what you want for Christmas, Don't stop giving your best. When you don't get what you want for Christmas, don't let circumstances rob you of your joy. Don't let circumstances rob you of your joy. Now, the circumstances weren't good. But the Bible says in verse 10 of this text, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And if I ask you today, how many of you want strength in your life? You'd raise your hands. But I want you to know something. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Friend, you can't change the circumstances. Sometimes you can't change situations. But I want you to know if you know God, you can still have joy. You can still have victory. You can still have an excitement and know no matter what that God's got a plan for you, God's got a purpose for you, and God's plan is good. God's plan's not to harm you. God's got a great future for your life, and he's got a great plan for your life. So no matter what the circumstances are, folks, that don't let that rob you of your joy because that joy is constant because of what the Lord has done for you. There's a there's a last thing I'd say to you, and then I'm I'm done. Realize a stable can make you better. Are bitter. Realize a stable can make you better or bitter. Let me explain. No matter what the traumatic experience is in your life. You say, Pastor Benny, Pastor Benny, I've gone through a traumatic experience. I've often told the story of my mother going to end her life. And going to her first cousin's house, and that first cousin impacted my mom for Christ. That first cousin, I heard yesterday, thought she was totally free of cancer. But she said, now, Brother Benny, the mass has come back. The mass has come back it's not what she wanted for christmas but here's what i know folks when you go through a traumatic experience it'll make you better or it will make you better and the same sun that hardens the clay melts the ice and when you go through a hard experience it can make you cold and calloused or it can make you caring and compassionate The choice lies within you. See, here's what I want you to see. Verse 12 of this text says this. They left and went into their own country another way. And when you have a traumatic, dramatic experience in your life, it's going to leave you another way. And that another way can be better or bitter because you can't determine what happens to you, ladies and gentlemen. But you can determine what happens in you. Oh, Zig Ziglar used to tell a story. I loved O Zig. He's gone on to glory. But Zig Ziglar used to tell a story that it was about a father. And I close with this story. It was a story about a father who had lived his life basically as a drunk. He had been a menace to society. He lived his life as a drunk, and he later went to prison. And it related to me because my father spent time in prison. No matter, folks, what's happened in your past, that doesn't have to determine your future. That doesn't have to determine. You said, Brother Benny, I've gone through divorce. I've gone through sickness. I've gone through trials. I've gone through difficulty. Let me tell you something. God still got a plan, and God still got a purpose for you. You said, Brother Benny, I, I've lost everything. You had lost him. You had lost him. He's with you. What you have him, and Zig Ziglar said in the story this man had two sons, and one son he just became a drunk drug addict, ended up in prison. But he had another son, and the other son became very successful, he became a businessman. He married, was married for 30 years. He had two children. He was a deacon down at the local church. And one day a reporter went to these two sons. He went to the prison to see one. And he said, Why did you turn out the way you turned out? And this was his words. How could I turn out any different? Considering the daddy I had. And then he goes to the other one. And he says, Who was a success? How did you turn out the way you turned out? <laughs> and this was his answer. How could I turn out any different? <laughs> considering the daddy that I had. My point is, folks, it can make you better or it can make you better. Sometimes we don't get what we want for Christmas. But what I'd say to you, even if you didn't, you realize They may have all left you, but God didn't leave you. You realize that I'm going to give my best to the Lord because He's the one I'm living for anyway. My eyes are not going to be on those around me, my eyes are going to be on the Lord. You realize that no matter what the circumstances, The circumstances may have taken everything from me. But they're not going to take away my joy. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise Him. And you realize, I'm not going to get bitter. Because if I get bitter, that would destroy me. But I'm going to get better. And I'm going to take my hurt I'm going to use it to help somebody else because that's what God wants me to do. So, Pastor, why today? Why today did you share this message? Because unequivocally, God placed it on my heart. The only reason. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know This decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.